0: are back. You're listening to You Would Think, the Philadelphia Flyers podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Collington, and joining me once again it's the one and only Mr. Kevin Dersow. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing okay. Um, it's it's a good show to be back. We're coming to the close of our, our summer schedule here. We are staying every other week through November, but uh, we are getting back into hockey. We do have a preseason game to talk about, but... Unfortunately, I actually, covered,
1: I actually covered a live game the other, like last night, you, so it was like you did. You know, and I'll talk there's something I do want to talk about with that game that really brings back that feeling of the norm a little bit, so I'll get into okay. that with the
0: game, but And we will we are going to put a pin in that because uh unfortunately, as has been the case far too often in recent months with this team, uh we have superfluous stuff to talk about that <laughs> has just completely dwarfed any on-ice product. Uh, that we're going to see for the next couple of weeks, at least during the preseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of it matters uh, because the big stories. Sean Couturier is likely to miss at least, I mean, I believe we're looking at six months or at least half the season. Uh, there's talk that Ryan Ellis could miss the entire season, and mm-hmm. given what happened last year, you can't help but think about his career. Mm-hmm. Uh It's worth noting that Nolan Patrick may be retiring at some point too. That's, I mean, it's not really super relevant for the current Flyers team, but I just wanted to mention it. Kevin, convince me that this isn't the Titanic here. Like, are we (laughs) like we're going down, right?
1: I, I mean, can am I really surprised by any of this? I said back in, I don't know, was it May or June before they even had a coach that the idea of this constant. Well, we're gonna get Sean Couturier back. We hope to have Ryan Ellis back. We hope for this. We, hope is not a plan. That's why hope's not a plan because you get guys off significant injuries, and it doesn't take much for a guy to be out long term. It just doesn't. And, and that, yeah, that's and that's what that's what's happened here. And it's the two guys. Like, okay, listen, I'm not all that surprised. The only thing I'm really surprised about, and we'll get more into the Ellis injury probably secondary because I think the Couturier one is probably the bigger deal right now. The thing with the Ellis one is is that we already knew he wasn't going to probably be ready to start the season on time. If nothing else, the biggest surprise with Ryan Ellis is how quickly they've already admitted he's expected to not play this season.
0: Yeah. like, like and Rather that's... than do
1: like last year. Like, remember how last year it was? OK, listen, the thing happened in October. All right, it's gonna take some time. He came a couple back. Of weeks. He came back in November for a game and then he was out again and it was again and again. And I don't think they admitted he was out for the year until technically March. It was
0: like the all-star break. It was crazy.
1: I think yeah. it was later than that. You're we, right, it was. We knew it, but yeah. You know what I mean? Like so the fact that they've already said that, like that that those words passed through the mouth of Chuck Fletcher and out to the public is pretty substantial, to be honest, because they're not going, if nothing else, for all of the other things, if you want to sit there and complain about everything that they're trying to feed you with the media stuff, that's one thing that they didn't drag out, that they did yep. not go into the season trying to sit there and tell you, well, you know, give it a couple of weeks, we'll check up again and do this and that kind of thing. Like, they're actually kind of doing that with the Couturier thing, which I get, okay? We don't really know the significance yet. The idea is that it sh- it's probably very significant, but,
0: you know, is, is that is that season? Is that the most useless trade in NHL history? Think about how that trade nope. panned out. Think about all the pieces involved. Nope, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Because everybody's looking for. Because I've seen. I saw it multiple
1: times. It's a, it was a lose, lose, lose trade, right? Right. I saw it multiple times. It's not. There's a winner. Is
0: and it I'll just Cody you. Glass? Is it Nashville?
1: No. Well, it is Nashville, but it's not because of Cody Glass.
0: So. Oh, because is it because they got assets for Phil Myers?
1: Yes, because they traded Phil Myers to get Ryan McDonough, who will be used this season, who will be in Nashville's top four. That is getting something. They've won the trade. That's fair. Vegas has a player who's not going to play this year. The Flyers have a player who's not going to play this year. Nashville's got a player who's definitely going to play this year and adds a veteran presence to that team.
0: And by the way, since we've kind of touched on Nolan Patrick twice now, uh, it is worth mentioning uh, that there was apparently some speculation. Uh, This is from Elliot Friedman, 32 thoughts. Apparently there was some speculation over the summer that Nolan Patrick was going to retire. Um, And it was essentially kind of pointed out to him that uh, he's got a contract and he can kind of get paid for a year and ride out the contract, but it, right it seems at this point that there's a pretty decent likelihood that at the end of this contract the end of this year nolan patrick's hockey career will officially come to an end and uh you know g- given the fact that his age and it's injury related it's it's sad to say but
1: yeah i look do i feel bad for him absolutely i do i like uh, you know, you don't want to see a player who it, it astounds me that we go, you know, this is basically his first season. He got drafted in the summer of 17 and started playing 17, 18.
0: Yep, he walked only, right in.
1: Yeah. This is only what, what, what would it be? His, would it, be his well, season, well, no, it would be a sixth season. I believe his fifth, I guess, because he missed an entire year. So I guess that doesn't oh, yeah. count for your right. experience, but still like, okay. So six within six years though, his, his entire playing career could be like, now he's going to miss a second full season. So he's still only going to have four under his belt. Like, it's just, ama- it's just amazing how he how quickly everything went from clear cut number one pick to nope, he wasn't the number one pick in his draft after all. He was number two, and he and was
0: then- he was supremely solid in ch- the second half of his rookie year. Yeah, I would say so. Once he got his feet under him and figured out how to play at the professional level. He more than held his own as a bottom six center for the Flyers. He very,
1: mu- he very much started off by fa- – like He was on the path of – A little bit on the path of Sean Couturier in the sense that Couturier never put the offense together consistently yep. for a long time, and that was okay. Because like,
0: well, he was it, so he, good defensively uh, that he, he defensively still had a spot in the lineup. And, and,
1: and, and, he, well, yeah, Couturier was, and Nolan Patrick was not near as good defensively as Couturier
2: ever no, was. No, that's fair.
1: But the idea was is that – Patrick seemed to always have that potential. Like when he would go out there and have those stretches, four goals over five games or something like that. Right. Like that was what everybody knew he could, he was capable of doing.
0: Oh yeah. We saw the guy who was the consensus number one overall pick for almost three years leading up to his draft.
1: Well, right. And then you saw that in very small spurts and you know, like even the year he came back after missing the full season, that last year he played with the flyers. He started out okay. Like production was okay in the beginning, and then it just totally disappeared. Fell off the cliff, and that's where you know that's where the problem lies. Do I feel like that's why I say? Do I feel bad for him from a human aspect? Absolutely, I do. This is a guy who only knows who only knows one thing, and he's been doing it his his entire developmental years, and he's possibly going to be a retired NHL player at
0: 24. Yeah. Now I hope I hope that he has. You know, been smart with his money because he hasn't had as long of a career as a lot of guys have to to make it. Um,
1: I think he's the the interesting thing is, is that I la Sam Moran here. I think he could have a job in Vegas because Kelly McCrimmon loves the guy.
0: And the good thing for him is that he's a handsome son of a gun. He can get modeling jobs if he wants to.
1: I mean, it. he's got the look. Sure. He's
0: 24. He's a good looking kid. He's got the money to go get some really good headshots taken. Okay, taken.
1: So what's what's the defining feature there then that you're looking at? Is it is it the flow? It's the, it's is... the rosy cheeks. Come on. Is it? All right. See, for me, no, see, because I thought you were going to say possibly the flow. But for me, I... I'll be
0: honest. I haven't seen him in like two full years. I, <laughs> I couldn't know. tell you what his hair looks he's... like.
1: He still got it. Okay. Like he still got the flow he was had going two years ago. Um, but to me, like he came in and he he's got these blue eyes that make you think Peter Forsberg. I'm telling you, fair. Like he he, he that's you know, and that's why. But I'm I'm serious about the developmental thing, like the staying in Vegas because he's got a great relationship with Kelly McCrimmon to be able to potentially have a job. Like the Flyers have given Sam Moran a job, sure, to work with prospects. Look, if nothing and else, f- Moran's been put through the ringer in terms of how many times he had to try to come back. You know, being kind of getting through that tr- that troubling and tough time with a smile, kind of thing, having a good mentality about working hard. Yeah, nothing. There's nothing wrong with it. it like nobody, like nobody named him an assistant coach of the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Either. Well, like, here's here's
0: the thing, though. I'm tired of this organization doing favors for. Yeah, but we kind of Quite frankly, that that fringe okay. guys. Yeah, but it's it's Ian LePerrier. Like, in a true top-to-bottom clean-out, like, he's gone.
1: Probably, but. Quite
0: frankly, and it's not going to happen. We both know it's not going to happen. But that's just the heart of the issue, right? Like, we're talking about this injury issue, mm-hmm. and we're talking about the fact that we don't know anything. And the fact that nothing's changed, there's been no improvement, there's been no... Oh, no, something has changed all well, time, I,
1: because there's a bunch of new people. I know. But the more things change, the more they stay the same.
0: And for some reason, I don't know what it is, you have access to some of the best doctors on planet Earth in the city of Philadelphia. I
1: people, uh, yeah, I know, doctors, like, people only wish they could get access.
0: Uh, right, like... University of Penn is literally world class in just about everything. Temple is world class. It, everybody, everybody. Why can't we figure out that Nolan Patrick's head in, head injury is concussion related for a year and a half? Why right. can't we figure out what's wrong with Ryan Ellis? Why can't we get Sean Couturier well, healthy? Why like why does Sam Moran why is Sam Moran hurt for 5 years straight?
1: Okay, well, hold on. Sometimes that's not the doctors who do the actual repair work. Like if a player goes out if a player goes out and is weak in a certain area and nothing changes that because they've had so many debilitating injuries, like in Moran's case. Whoever
0: the team nutritionist is needs to go.
1: I think they've already done stuff like that. They already did like they got a new strength and conditioning team. like conditioning that's the definition of conditioning right if not like to be able to stay yep. and avoid the injuries yeah oh they've already done that stuff they've already changed some of that stuff up the, I, I don't then know what, what can you doing. do well you can change the routine potentially like you can but, try to do something different that maybe is better recommended. i don't know like is
0: the organization just cursed like i assume if you, you know, fire
1: that a lot and i think well, that that's total
0: but here's the thing though if they've replaced the nutritionist team and I assume when they did so, they didn't cheap out on the new guys. I assume they got a respected nutritionist. I assume they didn't just hire some guy off of Craigslist. And if it's still not working, then what are we supposed to do? Like, Well,
1: all right. So let me, let me break this down in a different way for a second because we already – like we've discussed – Joel Farabee's injury already leading up to, we discussed Bobby Brink a little bit, and Bobby Brink is not in the same category as some of these guys, but tell me something that Joel Farabee, Sean Couturier, and Ryan Ellis have in common.
0: None of them are going to start the season or anywhere near it.
1: Okay, that's one part. Yeah, you got that part right.
0: They all all missed large chunks of last season as well.
2: Okay,
1: but what's the other thing they have in common right now?
0: Uh, They're three of your best players.
1: Okay, so what was Joel Farabee's injury, or what did he have done?
0: It was – was it his
1: groin? No. Faraby had that that disc replacement surgery that Jack Right, right,
0: right, 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 right. Okay. Okay. Which is kind of an – I
1: guess it's classified as a neck injury. but It's, a, it's
0: in, a fairly major surgery, you know, all made, things considered. It's
1: qualified as a neck injury if we're being technical, but okay, fair enough. I'm Sean surprised
0: could, that wasn't bigger news, by
1: the way. I guess. Yeah. Sean Couturier had a back surgery last season that ended his season, and now is supposedly going to be out again with another back injury.
0: A bulging disc, I believe, was it is was, the I rumor. Heard her, herniated disc, yes. Yeah, something uh, that's something that's a with story. a disc in his back, and like he's okay. thirty. And by the way, the contract doesn't kick in. No, it's, it's, kick- it's it is just kicking in yep. now.
1: And okay, and then Ryan Ellis, who for the first time in a year and a half or a season and a half. Let's call it or close to a, season, Fair a full season whatever. They actually started to break down the multi-layering of the injury. Yes, there's, you know, hip flexors and all that type of stuff that get in the way, but they also sourced it to this muscle in the back. Now do you see the pattern? Yep. Why are they all back injuries? Why does everybody have a back injury? Well, why it's... is this why is this becoming a widespread issue? Especially for guys who are all over the place in terms of age, you know? Like Joel Farabee is not the same age as Sean Couturier, and yet Joel Farabee does something, and I believe it was Farabee who, who detailed what happened. Because Farabee's actually skating, doing every like he could be back by the end of October potentially. Honestly, if they bring him back at that early, if they choose to, he's non-contact right now, so he's week to week. But he's skating and doing everything else. He's going through the camp. He's as close as anybody who's injured right now.
0: Hey, look personally. at that! You you oh. Google you Google back, Doctor Philadelphia. You got Jefferson Health. You got top oh, spine specialist Pen Medicine. You and they, got and I'm sure that Rothman Orthopedic.
1: Well and all, and guess what? A bunch of them, at least one of them, works with the Flyers in some way. Shape, I believe
0: it's Rothman, correct?
1: I think Rothman does like the surgical portion of it. Well, yes. Virtua Health is usually the. Uh, overall medical sponsor if you will but like rothman does the surgeries usually yes i believe we so. need
0: we need to reconsider those deals when those partnerships are up i know it's been 30 years and i know i'm sure there are people with,
1: but i don't think it has to do with the doctors and the construction of something's it. wrong yeah i think it's the conditioning i think they're putting them through routines that don't prolong their health that's what i think okay and I think and I also I'll just well, and by the way, to add to the back injury thing, by the way, a guy who we didn't bring up at all because I guess he's so low on the totem pole, but Patrick Brown is out week to week too. Kind of out of nowhere with a back injury. Yep. So wh- where is this all coming from? Why is it four guys with a neck or back injury all happening in the same offseason? Something doesn't add up here.
0: <sighs> yeah, there is something going on. They're not doing you know what something. What I mean
1: something doesn't add up. And look in the case of ryan ellis i i, I there because i was we were trying to go i now i kind of got thrown off because i was i wanted to bring B- patrick brown into it you had started to say something that triggered another response that i had that i think directly related to ellis and now it, now i've totally like yeah it's um, gone like the thought process is just gone so
0: sorry right. we'll get back there someday leave a comment let us know what we were talking about
1: <laughs> uh. it's a lot no but like in it's, it's just in general like Oh I, oh, I know where I was going with this. Okay, so in the case of Ryan Ellis, because you can't say anything about Farabee or Katuria or even Patrick Brown from one offseason to the next because he played last year and it wasn't a back issue that ever kept him out of the lineup. He, like, he broke his thumb or finger at some point. Yeah, it
0: was something like, weird. Stuff like that,
1: right? So right. it was never that. Okay, the thing with Ryan Ellis, though, is, okay, why was the Ryan – because you already brought up the trade. So why was the Ryan Ellis trade Ellis to Philadelphia for Patrick and Myers? Why was it just that? I think now it's pretty obvious that the Predators sold damaged goods. You
0: were, you were buying off the clearance rack.
1: But sold damaged goods and that yep. you didn't do your homework. Yep. Like, there's no way you're going to convince me now that the guy can only play four games in his career zone.
0: Yeah, there's no, there's, and there's no way you can convince me he was 100% for those four games.
1: Well, he we know he wasn't. It right. Was, because whatever happened happened at the end of the preseason, so yep. maybe a couple preseason games he was 100%. And he looked against.
0: he looked great in the preseason. To be fair,
1: I'd argue but, he looked great in the first 2 games of the regular season. Yeah, he
0: looked really good. Like, like he had 5 points in his 4 games. Like like, the game no. against the,
1: like, the, like what was it? Not the first game, but they played Seattle in the second game of the season. He uh-huh. was great in that game.
0: Okay, to be fair, everyone everyone looked great that game. I understand. It was Seattle's fourth game and the Flyers won 6 1.
1: Yeah, but he had three points that night, I think, or something like that. Like he actually was like like it's one thing to say everybody looked great, but okay, he played a good defensive game. No, he was the offense like he was all of a sudden it was like, oh, maybe this guy's gonna be the offensive point guy.
0: Remember when Dave Hackstall came out to coach that game and had that big old mustache?
1: Yeah, apparently he did that, (laughs) I think. So I know. uh, Which was probably a good call on his part. (laughs)
0: All right. Um, but, so
1: like, I just I, I can't help but believe that, like, you know, and let's we'll break down like we already kind of broke down the Ellis injury, you know, a little bit further. But I do want to talk more about Sean Couturier's a little bit. Yeah. Well, because of the fact that. We need to explain where the presumed information is coming from that is very believable. Don't get me wrong. Right. Versus what the team is willing to say at the moment, because and i've and i when i retweeted this news by the way before i wrote a story on the report that was out i referenced something from a year ago that turned out to be true that everybody believed was totally false that was a bunch of people said was false and turned out to be true so as per usual because it seems like Anthony Sanfilippo Filippo was all over stuff with this. Team.
0: Yeah, he's been yeah
1: he's been good at this for a long time. Obviously, not just the last few years, but he's been good at this.
0: So
2: as as out- long as
0: as long as whatever uh, whatever the basement looks like doesn't result in his source getting fired, he's <laughs> gonna have some fantastic stories as this team self destructs. I'm sorry, please go ahead.
1: Yeah, uh, so um, I'm trying to get to the spot where he actually put it out there because I want to make sure I get right when all this came out. Uh, before, before we actually just read into it, but he had the first report, obviously.
0: Yeah, he he um, was on the ground with it because
1: it was before. Let's wait. It was before training camp started, which is already concerned, concerning enough, right? Right. Like the last thing you ever want to hear is so. Here, here's where it was. So, so this was. Uh, the 19th, September 19th, which I believe was Monday. So Monday night, probably just a mere hours before, like, the Eagles were playing on Monday night football. Like, you got a bunch of stuff that's not – like, no one's thinking Flyers with two days to go until training camp starts, or, or which was Wednesday, technically. So, yes, this was Monday night. Right. And he tweets out, I'm told the, that Flyers center, Sean Couturier, has a herniated disc in his back that could cost him several months, if not the whole season. I have a story coming very shortly. Which, okay, fine. we Everybody starts to obviously run with this. One of the things I did when I retweeted it was to sit there and say that, like, listen, back last year at rookie camp, we're covering a rookie game that involves a bunch of other players, not this particular player, but he put out there that Sam Moran had suffered another significant injury. And within the next 24 hours, you know, like I, a, I and a lot of other people kind of did the like, listen, if this if this is true and there's no reason to believe it's not, this is obviously that de- like huge to his future. Like this. Could yeah. Well, his whole future, which it did. And. The next day, Riley Cote put out there like uh, basically from a text exchange with Sam Moran that everything was fine and it turned out everything. Things got up.
0: weird for 36 hours there. <laughs>
1: And it turned out and, – and and because of that, everybody – like, a ton of people totally eviscerated Anthony Sanfilippo for having supposedly wrong information. Turned out he had all the right information. I, right. And I actually – It, like, it turns knew,
0: out Riley Cote wasn't believable. Wow. Crazy. Well, like, what a I'm concept. To, you know, but
1: I'm not trying to deny that people don't have better sources in terms of, like, there's guys who've played who have – who know sure. people in that locker room. I get it. But, you know –
0: I don't know who Riley Cote knows in that locker room. Well, they get all those Except guys. Except maybe literally Sam Moran, and that's about it.
1: No, no, no. They get a bunch of those guys for um, for Nasty Knuckles and all that stuff. Oh, like, sure. So, so, like, you've got – I mean, ProVrov's been on that. And before, like, because of Drew, like
0: – Oh, uh, that's fair.
1: You're right. They, they were wheeling in everybody they could get their hands on. They did all of them. ProVrov did the show. Um Zach McEwen did the freaking show. I mean, like you got, you know, Wade Allison was just on it a little while ago. They, they're even that's down fair. to even down to like, they've had Keith Jones on there like recently. And it's like, okay, listen, that's a broadcaster who knows a ton of people. Like, you're right. That's you can her. send a couple of messages here and there and figure out some stuff. But I, uh, I even, when I retweeted, even, even said um, nothing confirmed by the team yet on severity. But Anthony is usually on point with this type of stuff, and I threw in parentheses. He had he also had Sam Moran's injury prior to training last year's training camp first. Right. So, like, do I believe that this is going to be the case? Absolutely, I believe it's going to be the case. To this point, for about three days now, because, yeah, obviously, this just sat in limbo for a little while. Right. And the best that they could do on day one of training camp was sit there and tell us that Couturier is week to week and getting a second opinion. That's the best thing we... That's the best we got so far. And for three days since, John Tortorella has been asked at his press conferences any update on Sean Couturier. And and for what it's worth, by the way, because this quote was met with, like, I, I had people tweeting at me, like, is this for real or whatever? Because somebody, like, on day one, one of the questions Tortorella got asked was how big of a loss is Sean Couturier? And his answer kind of was... I don't know because I don't know what the team is yet. And I understand how that in a vacuum sounds terrible. What he's trying to sit there and and like to listen to the whole clip of that answer. He goes on to talk about how. To me, nobody has a role. I don't know my top-line center from my fourth-line center yet because I'm going to put it together based on what I see. I'm not right. listening to other opinions. It's a clean slate with me, and everybody's got to build up their reputation. I don't care about draft pick. I don't care about stature. I don't care about any of it. And, right. He's
0: going to put the best team on the ice.
1: Right. Like He didn't deny that Sean Couturier is not an important player. He never once denied that. But he's sitting here saying – is he a top-line center? I don't know if he's my top-line center because I'm going to put it together the way that I see fit.
0: Kevin Hayes might be the top-line center. If, if
1: right. he if he goes through an entire training camp and says, you know what? like, And, and that could have been with Couturier Healthy for all we know. Sure. Like, like to sit there and say, hey, listen, I like Kevin Hayes' play better than I like Sean Couturier's. That's where I'm putting him. And you can disagree with it all you want to, but that's this is how he's conducting training camp. Every single player in there has a clean slate. There's no, you know, he's he knows that there's... It's the dirt to dig up from the past a little bit. He talks to people regularly, it sounds like, but there's, you know, the whole thing about that. But he hasn't had an update, and basically because there's no update from this second opinion, they are not talking timelines when it comes to Couturier. My understanding of the injury, based on what Anthony put out there, is this, that it's probably at minimum a 12-week injury, which takes you to December. Right. Once you get past that that's where the unknowns come in because it's recovery it's is there enough improvement to start a rehab so when does there... he start
0: skating how long does he have right. to if, skate if, to get back in the game by shape by then,
1: like, right, right. if he hasn't by then like he could start skating after 10 weeks and everybody goes okay now he's working his way back and that's where it is right. we just don't know the the ultimate thing is going to be if somebody told if somebody in this whole line of things told him get surgery because if he gets a surgery he's going to be done for most of the year And that's where I think this comes from. Like they might be sitting there saying the second opinion is do your best to let it heal on its own for, you know, four weeks, six weeks. And when we follow follow up, the next step might be, hey, listen, this didn't get any better in that long, like long a period of time. Now we got to do the surgery. And now if that's the case, you're now in mid-November potentially to do a surgery like that. He's probably missing the rest of the year.
0: Oh, yeah. And you know, it turns and out it's tough from... to win games without, you know, right, a guy like Sean Couturier, and that's, where,
1: and that's where it's coming from. And like, like, are other guys detrimental to like that? We're on that injury report. Are other guys detrimental? Like, is you know, is Patrick Brown being week to week after his back injury? Is that detrimental to who makes the team or who doesn't? No, because probably at the end of the day, one of the guys that you could pull up that's younger, you know, who would play in Patrick Brown's place, probably is going to be an even swap. In, in the grand scheme of things, right. in terms of talent level, like it's not as huge of a deal. Joel Faraby might be week to week from here, but at least you know he's out there, he's skating. You see, like that was that was always the whole thing we talked about with Couturier, right? Like that, similar to Kevin Hayes. They were out there. They were skating again. Yeah, last season ended with a season-ending injury, but they're out there. They're doing their thing. Now You now that you know what happened to Couturier and now that he may be not available, that changes the whole dynamic. Faraby, I feel a lot better about, obviously, because he's out there. You can see him out there, and you can see him trying to work through things. And I'll tell you, I watched him at sat- on Saturday at a practice. He's not 100% when he's shooting. You can tell. He's trying to work through it, and that's where they're, they're working to build him back. Right. Whether that takes another month of practices or whether that takes... Six weeks or eight weeks or whatever the case may be, it doesn't matter. We'll get to that when we get there. We You have to start somewhere. At least he's on the ice skating around. His skating looks great. He looks fine skating. There's nothing wrong with that. It just looks like some of the other aspects, probably being able to take like take contact, which he's not cleared to do yet, and actually using, I guess, all of those muscles and all of that type of stuff where you're putting all of that pressure onto your back, onto your right. legs, onto your arms, that kind of thing. And that's where it goes. But you well, know, Couturier one is a totally different story,
0: and we have to keep in mind with Farabee that you know he has to get into not only game shape but John Tortorella game shape, and that's something we've talked about over the off season,
1: right? Which is why I think and, he's on the, which is why I think he's on the ice now. By the way,
0: right? Well, and we've seen Tortorella come in, and as camp has opened this week, uh, we have seen that Tortorella system kind mm-hmm. of start to work its way into camp and things are uh, things are intense. Well, because of the fact, like, okay, we knew, like, the injury thing, a little bit of discussion on
1: Couturier's injury, the, the whole thing with Alice being out for probably the entire season, like, to the point where Chuck Fletcher even said.
0: Organizational it, malpractice, blah, blah, blah. The usual Flyers nonsense.
1: To the point where Chuck Fletcher even said it'll be a bonus if he plays this year kind of thing. Yeah, I get mm-hmm. all that. That was the first day of on-ice portions of training camp. They didn't use a single puck on the day, first day of training camp. All yep. they did was skate. Welcome to John Tortorella training camp, ladies and gentlemen. You know, welcome to what, what a John Tortorella training camp is all about.
0: Give me, give me that scene from Miracle with the lights God out. That is what it was again.
1: You know, I, I, and I'm I, look. I wasn't there on Thursday. I was. I saw videos from some of my colleagues. I know Jordan Hall posts a lot. Uh, I, I don't recall. Usually, Charlie posts a lot. Charlie O'Connor posts a lot, but I don't know if I saw some from him as much. There was a lot of videos going around. That there was a lot of videos floating around, and it, ultimately, that is exactly what it felt like.
0: Herb, right? the ring owner, wants to go home.
1: <laughs> I mean, at least it was the morning, so nobody had to leave, like to oh, shut shit. the whole building down or anything like that. But yes, it was very much you know that kind of thing and and it's and it's funny because yeah you know what as the whole thing goes on Tortorella's just standing there like yep you're just going to keep skating laps yes, around sir. me like he's standing at center ice they're skating laps around him they're doing suicide sprints from goal line to goal line and well you know that's that's what's going to be the ultimate test maybe you know it's a little bit tough to say when we get in, when we get into this first preseason game because it was a lot of younger players they played the minimum veteran amount that they had to and and it showed and even down to that it was still a look at guys because I don't get into that with some of the other players on the training camp roster. Right. But when they get into like w- inevitably we're going to at some point here soon. Maybe, you know, maybe Tuesday, maybe Wednesday. Get a playing roster that is you know, Scott Lawton's on the roster and Kevin Hayes is on the roster and
0: start to see some know, of the big boys
1: and Ivan Provov and Travis Konechny and all that type of stuff. Right. Like,
0: Travis Sandheim. Like, yeah.
1: And when we do, I want to see how they look from a conditioning standpoint. Like, yep. how how are you doing in keeping and whether you're playing against a team that is playing their veterans or not? Like, Boston didn't play a veteran heavy lineup either. The biggest no. name, the biggest names they had it forward in the, Craig in Smith. Game, no, Craig Smith didn't play. Oh, I um, thought he did. Chris, okay. No, you uh, you might be thinking of Chris Wagner who played. Maybe that's but, it. But they had uh, – Jake DeBrusque was playing and Nick Felino played. And then defensively, Jakob Zaborl played and like that might have Did been Brandon Carlo play?
0: Nope. Okay.
1: No Brandon Carlo. Goaltending-wise, they brought like – I mean, get, let's put it this way. If goaltending, you can meet the veteran – Requirement minimum, yeah. no, if you know with, with goaltending, if you can meet the veteran minimum with Keith Kincaid in net, then I guess that counts for something. But like they Fair. didn't exact, they didn't exactly send Lena Olmark, you know, right. right to play in goal on the first preseason game for everybody. Well, and we expect that. Yeah, but you know what? Like I, if I'm not mistaken, if I saw correctly, like Ottawa played a split squad the other day and I think they split their goal. like Talbot got a ga- got one game to start and Interesting. For I was it Forsberg's the other one? Yeah. Anton Forsberg so they both got half of a like half of one of the games. Right. Which is an interesting way to do it. Like no, the Flyers and the Flyers didn't even do that, by the way. The well, the Flyers don't know who their number two really is right now, Anyways, right. So, so if nothing else, what we they saw the battle and, for number two. Right, we actually saw the competition in front so of.
0: So before us, before the we camp. right before we dive into that preseason game, uh, did you have any other notes from the first couple of days of Tortorella or from of Tortorella's you know first camp as a Flyers head coach?
1: Yeah, actually, a couple of things because of the fact that as we go into the preseason discussion a little bit here, I find Tortorella's tactics. A little interesting for a coach compared to some of the other things we've seen, you know. I think I think Elaine Vigneault, when he had his first training camp, he was the first one I can remember who didn't coach a preseason game from the bench and sat upstairs to watch and and did it like for like one of the last games. Like, but otherwise, I think had been coaching them for most of the preseason. Right. Tortorella does not even do that for the first. Like Tortorella already said, he's not even. Not only is he not coaching the first two preseason games from the ice, he's watching upstairs because he feels like that's a better way to analyze the game and actually. Cause he sure. even, And and I love this response to be honest because it's th- we all know how competitive he is. We see the fire from Tortorella right. every single time he's on. Oh the yeah. Season. And he even said, if I'm on the bench for a preseason, even if it's a preseason game, I'm involved. I'm in, I'm trying to win. So I'm not watching for the right things if I'm involved in the game. So I want to sit upstairs, right. watch it from the right perspective.
0: He's basically watching live tape.
1: Right. And he's trying to but he and, and I saw where he was. He was they, they have the management box in the corner and there's a little tiny box that's kind of next to it, and that's where he was. I believe if I'm not mistaken, I could see hit two of his assistants or two at least two of the three. Uh, I believe Darrell Williams was sitting next to him, and I believe the other one I could noticeably see was Rocky Thompson, right. but, but Bradshaw was watching with him.
0: Who's the other? And Lappy was on the bench.
1: And Lappy was on the bench with his assistants. Correct.
0: So it was the Lehigh staff.
1: And that is going to be the case on Tuesday night when they take on Buffalo as well. Okay. On Wednesday and next Saturday when they play Boston on the road to start a back-to-back on the road over the weekend, um, Tortorella will still not be on the bench. He's still okay. going to watch from upstairs. He is going to send the other three assistants down to the bench to coach the game. So I, okay. my guess is, and I believe that this is the case anyway because Bradshaw is an associate. So Shaw gets the first. Like, Tortorella th- – th- this is Tortorella's right-hand, man. It, man, it was in Columbus, and it is now. Right. Like, everything is – Shawzie and I got to talk about this. Shawzie and I were just discussing this. Like – Clearly, those two work together hand in hand, practically. That's and, a and duo when it comes right. to lineups. But this and this was the way it was when he had Mike Sullivan, like just just to be clear, like when he had Mike Sullivan as, a, as an assistant. Right. It, it was an, like it was on an associate level. He wants essentially a peer who is the next in line as the head coach. Like like almost right. like it's like it's the bench coach in baseball thing. Like if, if I got thrown out, you're going to take over.
2: So, you know, everything.
0: Yeah, you know, the first mate's got to have a good hand.
1: Sure. And, and, and look, I, I think Brad Shaw is a good coach to be on this staff because of, because of the familiarity with Tortorella, because of what they've what they did in Columbus from a you, defensive standpoint. You, that's that's Shaw's M.O.
0: You ready? Because yep. this team is cursed. He has an NHL job within 18 months.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, we'll see. I mean, let's put it this way if it, it, it could set up and then way.
0: and then Tortorella flounders because he until he finds a new a new second.
1: I think Tortorella's got other guys from previous staffs that he could bring in. To be honest, that's fair. Like, like to be honest, they didn't exactly go, you know, easy pickings here. Well, I mean, they did. They did with Williams because Williams was already here. Right. In fairness, but like they didn't exactly go easy pickings with some of the others. I mean, like, what because because they could have left Mike Yo available as an assistant for him or something. Like, oh you know, boy. Like, no, I'm just saying, like, because instead of doing like that would have been more obvious, I guess. So they went off the board and they, you know, grabbed, you know, it's Rocky Thompson. Listen, it's we it's
0: got Rocky. Lappy off the bench in Philadelphia. I'm thrilled.
1: And here's the thing: just don't, I, I don't discount the fact that I know he's coaching at Lehigh Valley. I know people have opinions on him from being on the bench and stuff like that. Don't discount that that team won't be decent. Okay. The the, the AHL team, right? I know that's not what people want to see, but don't discount that they might have a lot of good
0: players. Yeah, my problem with that. <laughs> And I think this is something I've mentioned before. (laughs) From an organizational standpoint, with certain people in certain positions, I'm concerned that Lappy is next for the head coaching job. Because that's how this team tends to work. Because I've watched John Stevens get put there. I've watched Bill Barber get put there. Can I
1: tell you why (sighs) I don't believe that to be the case? Okay. Because John Tortorella is in year number one of a four-year contract, right? And I would be shocked if within. First of all, they still owe. I'm not saying.
0: I'm not saying right now. I'm saying in two years. You know, I know. You know when it,
1: Tortorella's run his yeah, course. So, so hold on. So in two and a half years, when they're finally done paying Elaine Vigneault, and they can, you know, at best, maybe he'll take over in the interim. You're right. Maybe about that. If he's still here because of the fact that, who's going to call the shots? You know, okay, while well, Chuck Fletcher's calling the shots on all that stuff as president of hockey ops, you've got a point. But if he's not calling the shots and somebody brand new comes in. That's we'll fair. See. No, that's we'll fair. See. But you, know?
0: you, you, I feel like you understand my concern given the I track do. record this organization I, has shown because me. Because I
1: know it's the easy play. I get it. it is, is it the easy play? And maybe that's exactly what the problem is. And then we get to say, way out. And
0: right? then we get to say, look, look what we did. We built this guy up. We made him a head coach. We molded him in our image. Go forth, son. Go forth and coach the team to, to a ninth place finish in the conference. That's the problem.
1: I, I hear you. I, like, I, like, listen, I'm not going to sit here and try to spin the whole organization as sunshine and rainbows. I didn't do that during the offseason, and I'm not going to no. do it now. No. But, you know – if nothing else, this is the only guy on the enti- in the entire organization that's got nothing against him, as far as I'm concerned. There Fair. should be no strikes against this guy yet. Fair, absolutely none.
0: It's, he has it's, come it's, in and been forthcoming and honest.
1: Right, and it should be. It's interesting to me that he is not going to coach the first four games of the preseason. He's only going to coach the last two from the bench. Which by that point, I assume you're going. Those are going to be your full roster. Close to yeah. yeah, close to it. I mean, they don't. They they're going to finish the preseason with like something like five or six days to narrow down the final roster. So they don't have to play the full roster per se, but it's going to be close. You're not going to convince me that by October 4th, it's not close.
0: You're going to have your top six and your top four set by then. And those two, I think those are going to be pretty complete for those two final games. Uh, you'll I see would some, hope so. You'll see some mixing in the bottom six and maybe on the bottom pair just to see you know, yeah, if would, we're looking for the final I, roster spot type stuff.
1: I would hope so. I don't want to put anything past him. Maybe Tortorella is the type of guy who sits there and says, listen, I'm going to give – you know, if nothing else, one big takeaway from Tortorella on day one at training camp was, I'm playing the kids.
0: He did mention he'll play the and kids. And
1: I, I think that at, at that point, depending on who – because I don't think they're gonna that easily just wave people. Like if if you've got a guy who's you know, and I I am this is the first name I'm gonna grab at that's more of a veteran that I'm grabbing out of thin air, but if like let's say Zach McEwen. If Zach McEwen is still on the roster, but you're not playing him because you're looking at other people and his spots a little bit in question, right. You're I don't think you're putting him on waivers to send him to the minors on October third. Sure. Like I, you're holding it off until that day when sixty players are on waivers, not four.
0: Yeah, because Zach McEwen's you know I mean? not getting claimed out of that bunch, more well, yeah, than likely. But, no,
1: but he might. Well, he no, he might get claimed out of a group of four. Oh yeah, that's He's what not I'm get saying. Claimed out of a group of sixty, right? More than likely, especially for teams that really do have hard decisions to make and are going to try to slip guys through the cracks to the minors.
0: No offense to Zach McEwen. He is a more talented athlete than I will ever be, and I acknowledge that. Uh, same here. But he's not a good enough NHL player to justify to to make any right. decent team. No, I got gotcha. you. He's like, not Pat Maroon. You. He's like he's just not.
1: <laughs> but but like that's the, that's the point I'm making. I think you're going to get to that stage of the preseason, and there and there's guys like that last preseason game really should still be a pretty young group, honestly. Like, okay. I don't – and let's be fair, okay, because you even said you're going to know – let's call it your top four, top six kind of deal, so to speak. Then, you know, like, I don't want to see Ivan Provov play the last preseason game. I don't want to see Kevin Hayes play the last preseason game. We already know they're making the team. Like, that's absurd stuff. Unless they're, unless they're not healthy enough to play, we know they're going to be there.
0: Over-under, like, over-under 0.5 Kate's brothers making the NHL squad. Oh, so wait, you're setting the over-under at
1: 0.5? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's definitely over. I just don't okay. know if it, it, it's, if you would have asked me the other way around, if you would have said over-under 1.5, One, we would close. have, of, that's, it's tough. Okay. Well, because, well, because if, if Patrick Brown's not going to be available, you've got a fourth line center role. And, and a,
0: a, a guy who can go down without going through waivers, correct?
2: Um,
1: In, in Noah Cates? Oh, Noah, definitely, yeah. I don't know about Jackson, to be honest. Jackson Maybe. might be past that point because he was already a free agent.
0: Oh, that's fair. Well, it's
1: a little, little tricky. They
0: they, like, they had to re-sign um. guys like that. Like, Since we're talking about the Cates brothers.
1: Yeah, we're on to the preseason game.
0: I think we have to mention the fact that the Flyers beat the Boston Bruins. Well, the shell of the Philadelphia Flyers beat the shell of the Boston Bruins 2-1 <laughs> to one, with both goals being scored by a Cates brother, and that's kind of neat
1: jackson cates uh by the way saving all of us from preseason overtime with like four oh yeah clutch. well i'm sorry it was 7 10 you know it's 7 10 left in the third period and it's tied up 7 10 left in the third period you're thinking overtime
0: if somebody doesn't score soon that game is going to lock down fast quick and in a hurry
1: well, and, and I like you. Do you, you know what like is on tap? If you get to overtime, even if somebody wins it, then somebody decides, you know what, why don't we do the shootout practice thing just for
0: fun? Yep, we're here. And, we might as well. And and then you're sitting there for,
1: you know, who 15 knows extra how long... minutes. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Fan, fans get up and leave. You're stuck there. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, all, either
1: way. All, I... all 5,000 of them there. The, last night. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a great, it wasn't a great. There were a lot the of kids f-
0: there. The Flyers emerged victorious and. <laughs> Quite frankly, regardless of what happened in the rest of the game, Felix Sandstrom looked really good.
1: Yeah, I would say I think he was already kind of the front runner for the backup spot anyway. This just so far, I mean, he's going to probably make he's going to appear in a few more
0: games. Right. We're not putting that much stock into 30 minutes of preseason play. But in that 30 minutes, he he was probably the best flyer on the ice.
1: Well, it was it, here's what was re- was really interesting because he finished with seventeen saves. He faced pretty much everything, like right, like in the first period. I think that if he had he had seventeen saves, they they had sixteen shots in the first period. Boston did, so he faced yeah. one shot in the first half of the second period. They were
0: pouring it on, including some sustained five on three time.
1: Yeah, I mean they, they didn't get
0: a ton of pressure off it, but
1: no, but like it was pretty pretty quick because you had. Three penalties right off the bat that I think the, the only one that was only one of them got erased late. Like Boston took a tripping penalty to put the Flyers on the power play with five seconds left in that right, last right. portion of the five on three, which was now at that point a five on four. But and then and then they had to kill off another one in the second half of the period, too. So that was four Boston power plays, essentially, in the first period of that game. And And Sandstrom looked
0: fantastic.
1: And that's exactly. And pressure's going to be down your end. And don't get me wrong. Boston had some chances in terms of, you know,
0: in the preseason. I love that the kids saw that much action, especially in the first period.
1: I like that. They like, honestly, and this is encouraging to me because when I'm looking at groups that were playing together and uh, give me one second, because I'll pull up the line combos that were because I believe they ran the same line combos um, from the morning skate at the game. Because everything, right. everything with that did go according to plan. Good. Um, they were running lines that look like Phantom's lines to an extent, or at the very least, the younger flyer lines. If they're going to make it, like, like just an example for you, like Morgan Frost played with Owen Tippett last night.
0: Yeah, you know what it was gross though, I'm seeing Nick Sealer with an A. Well, I hear you. Mm-hmm. How about? How about like, I get it. How about,
1: how about seeing two guys who are on PTOS wearing an A?
0: Yeah, okay. Okay, <laughs> listen. So, PTOs, you brought it up here. Yes, I did. When camp opened, the Philadelphia Flyers were joined by uh, Antoine Roussel. It was Artem right?
1: Yes, Artem and oh, yeah. and Antoine Roussel.
0: And, man, I'm going to be completely honest with our audience here. If you've been listening for a while, you know that I usually work during a lot of these games, and I didn't get to see a whole lot of it. From what I saw, Artem Nisimov looked friggin' terrible, quite frankly. He looked slow. He looked old. He, well, looked, he looked like he was in second gear while everyone else was cruising in fourth.
1: Well, and actually, hold on a second, because in fairness, uh, well, first of all, one thing he did do that was noticeable anyway he, i mean he absolutely drilled a player in the second period i believe it was a guy came around i don't know which defenseman it was for boston i don't remember uh, yeah was... like came came around kind of doing that you know that wrap around the net coming coming out trying to build up speed to come out of the zone totally caught with his head down drilled and him, just drilled him. Yeah. and that was probably his finest moment he did in the second period block a shot off of his ankle that he left the ice for a little while, came back and finished the game, but as of Sunday, was listed as day-to-day now. Right. So I think that contributed to some of the slowness you're talking about, that he blocked it's, a shot right off it's, of his It's not his was,
0: back, so he'll be okay.
1: I guess, but he, he was. <laughs> my point is he was grinding for the rest of the game because he clearly had something going on. Right. Um, you know, I didn't think that anyone I'll, – I'll make this part quick. I didn't think any one defenseman stood out like – Seeler and Connaughton are Seeler and Connaughton. They were helping to meet the veteran minimum They're,
0: um But you weren't playing any of your defensemen that you want to like. You weren't um, playing Provrov or Sanheim. Well, well, Cam York was playing.
1: Yes. And I didn't think York was bad, to be honest. They had a they had a kid next to. Um, well, I guess he's not. He's not as much of a kid as I thought because he's 26. But they had a guy, Louis Belpedio, who was, that was all you need to know, who's apparently he has four NHL games to his total, by the way, so far to his name. So good for Louie. Um, You'll never guess where he came from, by the way, or who. Or you'll never guess who drafted him.
0: The New York Islanders. No, come I don't on. know. Come on. Was it the Flyers?
1: No, you know who. If it's if if it wasn't a flyer draft pick, and it's Chuck Fletcher's team.
0: Oh, so Minnesota drafted him. Yes,
1: got it. Um, <laughs> I had to do that, yeah. but. I didn't think like actually believe it or not if you're by gonna the, ask me if you're gonna ask me who the best defenseman on the ice last night was and he had a couple of bad moments don't get me wrong one of them was a delay game penalty in the third period that didn't look very good
0: by the but, way wh- when does Chuck Fletcher trade for Matt Dumba I don't know uh, it's gonna never, happen no
1: never because no never because that's actually too talented of a player for him to acquire from Minnesota
0: L T I R it's still not gonna happen he's coming.
1: It's still not going to happen.
0: He's going to overpay. He's going to grossly, absurdly overpay. He's going to give up the Connor Bedard pick, but
1: <laughs> he's not going to get the chance to do that. <laughs> I, I don't buy it. But either way, all right, back to Fair. back to what I was back to the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would actually say that probably the best defenseman they had on the ice, and he had some bad moments. Don't get me wrong, but he's a younger one. I would say Ronnie Adder was probably the best defenseman no, Gar- on the ice. Like Zamula blended in a a lot for parts of it. Now, he did get an assist on the game-winning goal by Jackson Cates, so I'll give him credit for that. But he had more moments where he blended in a little bit more. I mean, Zamula was definitely – he had a play on a a forward in the early part of the game where he was able to actually muscle him off a little bit and kind of break up a play on an entry, which that's good to see. You can see that he's bigger, but I don't know if he's there yet. Like,
0: sure, and he I, doesn't I, have to be.
1: No, I, I mean, if if you were gonna tell me to pick a pick a younger defenseman who's gonna have a better shot of making the team, it might be Adder than Zamula at this. Okay, point. for the amount of time that Adder played last year, I can see them hoping that maybe he finds a little more. But he had a pretty awful sequence in the third period that led to a delay of game penalty because he couldn't clear the puck. He couldn't. He like mishandled it twice, and then finally flipped it right up out of play and and knew it obviously but it was just one of those it it, it was just a bad moment um okay so and skip the we kind of already hinted at it the one line was anisimov with willman max willman and hayden hodgson hodgson did get in a fight kind of had a borderline boarding penalty like it was he got called for boarding obviously but uh, aj greer was the player who came in and Decided to fight him, and he held his own in that. And that was, you know, all right, that's some fireworks. You Hodgson's take- a tough kid. Hodgson yeah. is a tough kid. You got to give him credit for that. And apparently, I didn't know this either, by the way. Apparently, Hayden Hodgson went through a Tortorella training camp, I guess, as a, either a prospect or, Interesting. As, as, or as a— one In Columbus? Those, like a, yeah, as a camp invite or something in Columbus, apparently. So he knew what to expect coming in, which does make a difference.
0: Listen, one of those things— I feel like I'm always going to have a little uh, attachment for Hayden Hodgson just because I was at his NHL debut,
1: and then he scored a goal.
0: And he scored. He had two points, goal and an assist. Like kid, kid was on that night, and they won in a terrible season.
1: In a game where nobody gave him a chance to win, and some guy who nobody knew from before came in and, and put up two points, and they won yeah, against got... a
0: team that was heading to the playoffs, and you know had some momentum going. Came pretty
1: darn close to having a run.
0: Yeah, sure I mean, did.
1: St. Louis was probably you know who knows St. Louis might have been 5 seconds away from a game 7 essentially Potentially
0: crazy craziness it yeah. was it was offsides um, but whatever <laughs> um all right uh, um, let's any, keep going. yeah these, any, uh, go any other notes from this game cuz uh, yeah, so i'm trying to i'm like i'm, I'm like going yeah. through
1: the forward lines now I, like uh, to be honest Willman just blended in and Isimov we've already talked about um, the Cates brothers were really good. I don't really recall yeah. them having dominant stretches at five on five. You know, actually, by the end of the game, I think that. Because I don't recall. And I think actually had actually. No, I think the reason is because they had just had a power play moments before. So the lines were all jumbled by that point. So Jackson was not on the ice with his brother when that goal was scored. When typically throughout the game at five on five, he did play with
0: him. Are there any brothers currently playing together in the NHL? I don't think there um, are since the Sedins retired.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't believe so. Um,
0: the Kachuks don't?
1: No, they don't. I mean, that there was an opportunity for that, obviously, but...
0: Right. That would have been insane. It, Holy a lot of
1: people thought it. A lot of people
0: thought that if, if he was going um,
1: to Calgary's back to the wall, here w- comes Ottawa.
0: The Ben brothers do not. No, they don't. None uh, of the Hughes brothers plays to play together. Not yet. Not yet.
1: Uh, it is lined up, though.
0: Uh, yeah, we'll see.
1: No, no, it's lined up. I, I know. One team has two of their rights. You know. Right.
0: Uh, it'll probably happen in a preseason game sooner rather than later.
1: Yeah. Um, well, the kids got to get out of college first. That's fair. That You're point. right. Got to get out of college.
0: Uh, but I think that's it currently. Yeah, probably. Okay.
1: And let's just wait. You just asked the over under on she how his many brothers many, making the, the squad. No, Kate's brothers making the or squad. Kate's maybe. brothers making the squad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. Noah's making this team. Okay, Noah's absolutely a thousand percent making this team. Um, Ian LaPerriere said after the game that he's a coach's dream because he does all the like. He's he's good in all areas. He's coach extremely coachable in terms of what you like, getting him to capitalize and do what you want him to do, kind of thing. And I think that for a coach like Tortorella, you have to be that level. This guy's like, gonna like, be a
0: sponge. To- Yep.
1: Right. Like, and you need to be that kind of guy. And I think that he you can just see he seems like he's always alert to the play. I like I don't catch lazy moments from him. He
0: seems like it if you say jump, he says how high kind of
1: guy. Yeah. And his goal, like Noah's goal was very, you know, look is it fortuitous a little bit like being in the right place at the right time? sure it is because Morgan Frost made one of those plays where it's no look, here it comes. You better be ready for it. Because if you're not, then we're not scoring a goal here. And, and he was ready for it. So he buried it. it was a they five at home and it's a five on three. So, okay. In a five on three, does Frost have a little bit more room to be creative like that? They Absolutely.
0: don't ask how they ask how many, no, no,
1: I know. But like, that's what I'm saying in a five yep. on three, does Frost have a little more room to play like that? Sure. He does. And Absolutely. that's, you know, if 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 Morgan Frost can give you more of that consistently, then sure. You know what the you know what his best play of the game was? He iced the puck with 16 seconds left in the game, and then blocked a shot with five seconds left. Yep. And by that point, the, the backup was the backup in the backup conversation. I guess right, however you yeah. want to look, it was in goal. Troy. Troy Grosenick. Yeah. Came right out to the like from didn't even stay in the crease to take like the yeah let's do the end of like the end of game congrats stuff right came right out to him and was like patting thank, him on thanks, the back. And like, thank you you know for stepping in the way of that because it was it was a big deal like it was a good it, shot yeah oh it was a heavy shot and he went down in a heap from it but it, it got the job done and that's the type of stuff like i guarantee you john tortorella loved every second of, of a I, skill, supposed I, skill guy getting into a dirty area and blocking a shot
0: i imagine john tortorella if you're watching on our youtube channel i imagine he did one of these Yeah, he points and goes. Yeah, you know, I, I like the kids. Yeah. You
1: know, not. I, I'm not trying to burst your bubble with this one at all. But I looked down a couple of times to see if there was, especially after penalties, just to look. He is emotionless up there. I believe like he that was, he was very stoic, just watching the game. I don't, you know, because I don't think he put any expectations on. It. If he's on the bench, he's. And it's, and, and, and listen, it's the first
0: preseason game.
1: And 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 Perrier said something to this to this extent extent after the game too, because. Like, look, I and I totally agreed with Ian LePerrier on this because I I felt the same way with it. Every penalty they took in the first period was a penalty. I mean, maybe you can argue. Oh, yeah, you can argue the fourth power play that Boston got, which I'll get into in a second. But the first three penalties were all stick infractions, and they were all legit penalties. And that you know that was the youth of the lineup a little bit, like.
0: Sure, and it's the first real game, and the refs are calling it for real, and you, you know you it's...
1: look at the guys who were going to the penalty box, and you're sitting there, like, I, I mean, I, I know Anisimov took a penalty at one point in time, and he's more of a veteran guy, but like Tyson Forrester took a slashing penalty, and you're like, yeah, kid, you're gonna learn, like right. you're gonna have to learn. They're, they're what, gonna
0: call what, that at the NHL level,
1: right? What what's gonna fly and what doesn't? Like, I'm trying to look at some of the other pe- guys who took penalties. Um,
0: Tanner Lasinski.
1: Like yeah, it's gonna happen sometimes. Guys of that level who don't have a ton of NHL experience are gonna take penalties. And oh, and by the way, I j- just for some fun here. Okay, w- when you were watching or trying to trying to watch anyway, what portions of it you could were you watching the and any portion of I guess the fly? You were watching the flyer broadcast, right?
0: Uh, no, I was actually watching the Jack Edwards broadcast.
1: Oh, you were on Nesson, okay? Yes. Um, interesting because I was curious as to how. Jim Jackson uh, did with one player's name in particular.
0: Let's put it this way I (laughs) was sailing the high seas as a mighty pirate.
1: Yes, Um, I hear you. So, so hear me out though. So, this is a funny story from practice on Saturday morning. There was one player's name in particular that might have caused Jim Jackson some trouble on the uh, broadcast here because how would you say, okay, if I asked you to read off Lixel's name in full, how would you pronounce this?
0: Probably Ollie Lixel.
1: Okay, a lot of people or are saying
0: Ollie...
1: Well, no, Lixel. Oli. You got... Okay, I said Oli too, kind of like or like Ole, like a little cross between Oli Jokinen and Ole Christian Tollefsen or whatever. Right. Um, they came out and told us the PR team, the great PR team that the Flyers have, came out and told us that Lixel himself gave a pronunciation of his first name, and it is not Ollie, and it is not Ole.
0: Is it Ula? Apparently, apparently, it's
1: like Ula. Urla? Ula. Yeah. So I was curious as to how it sounded on the broadcast because, by the way, he took a penalty. That's why we're bringing him up.
0: <laughs> but Fair I do
1: want to give. But I do want to give because he had a great rookie weekend and all that stuff. Like because he scored in both of the rookie games. He had a great scrimmage at, at training camp on like day one, I think, or day two, because he had two goals in that too. Right. And let me tell you, kid's got wheels. He can skate. He was moving. He's definitely got a high energy level. Somebody to keep an eye on. I don't know, like, I don't think he's making this team. But you know, if he's minors bound,
0: watch him. You know, how, you know how over the last three or four years you've heard whispers out of the Detroit system. Yeah, they're bad, but this kid's really good. Yeah, they're bad, but this kid's gonna be a star in a couple of years. He's got a little bit of that. I'm not saying he's there yet. You know, a small sample size.
1: And it's a good, but yeah, there's I mean, a little bit of that.
0: He might take a little bit longer to develop. He might go spend the year in Lehigh Valley, but he might come back next year and make the team and just be a 25-goal scorer right away.
1: You know what this is, to be honest, though, too? Every year, there's got to be, no matter how good of a team you're going to be or not, there's always kind of one guy in camp or one guy in your system that you start to see, like, from maybe even the beginning of camp, and you go, okay, I, I don't know who this guy is, but he kind of has come from out of nowhere. Like, I remember when Mikhail Verobyev made the team out of camp. <laughs> yeah. No, no, but but it was like, man, he's doing so well and so from so out of nowhere that it's almost impossible to ignore. Like he's gonna have to be on this team. That's right? fair. Like that's the difference to me.
0: Nicholas Huber you know? Cabell was fairly similar.
1: Um, he was a little bit more of a he was a little bit of a higher draft pick. He kind of had fair. those numbers in juniors. He wasn't as out of nowhere. That's valid. As say, you know. Some like like Lixel, by the way, just for just for reference, by the way, was a sixth round pick in 2017, at 168th overall. Uh, sorry,
0: and who who made that selection? Uh, that
1: would still be Iran Hexdal selection.
0: Oh, okay, I'm just checking. Um, so anyway, I for, for
1: context, I... <laughs> like last year he played, he played in uh, I guess so he was loaned, but he played at I guess this is yeah he played at the highest Swedish hockey level and in 47 games had 14 goals and 34 points. Okay. That's, when you're playing, playing with in, men. Right, well and when you're playing in Europe, that's pretty darn good. Yep. You know, like European hockey is not 35 goals and 100 points. Let's remember right. that, right? Um for what it's and for what it's worth, because like, you, you added the playing with men thing. He's 23, but he's yep. an undersized kind of guy because he's only 5'11. Right. So I'm imp- I'm impressed by his wheels. I think he's got good skating ability and I think that you know, He's got you know I'm seeing the cre like one of the things on his scouting report is about creativity. I see it. I can see it like I, I just need to you know and I-, I think that if he goes to the minors and he's playing at a high enough level like with minor league level guys, maybe he's the type of guy who goes to the AHL and puts up 20 goals and 50 totally. points in the first AHL season because he's got the chops for it when he's played at that highest level of Swedish hockey. For a long right. time now, like he's been kind of bounced around from Swedish team to Swedish team a little bit, but he's had two years and nine goals, and the fourteen last season. Like he's gonna be a fun guy to watch. Yeah, he's not. It's it's not like he played in Swedish leagues and did nothing. He right. was doing something, and I, I think that he's got a good minor league career, at least start to his minor league career ahead of him coming up here.
0: Yep, and you know maybe by the time we speak next. Uh, that decision will be made, and Lixel will either be on the roster or he won't. Yeah,
1: and I mean, like you can and you can ignore some of the other guys, like yeah. to an extent. Like Lixel played with Frost and Tippett. Tippett, by the way, did have a, a sc- glorious scoring chance early and whiffed on it, yes. unfortunately. But it, it just showed again, like the puck continues to find him. He's got his. He's got to score goals, but the puck continues to find him. Um and there's not really much else. I mean, we talked about one of the other PTO guy in Antoine Roussel. One good moment, though, that I know coaches were looking for or that this team is looking for, Roussel got hit pretty hard in the first period. Yeah. Wade Allison didn't hesitate for a second. He just jumped right in, fought the guy. Uh, I believe um, it was Connor Carrick who he fought. Yes. And held his own. Yep. You know. Took the instigator. To- I thought that was a little extreme in a preseason game, to be honest. Like... Everybody's trying to get. It. They, they called instigators on both the fights, didn't they? They ultimately did, which yeah. even, no, which evened it out, I guess. Well, at sure. The, end of the thing, but like, I thought it was nuts that we're calling instigators. like like in the regular. I wonder if
0: that's something that's going to get cracked down on.
1: Well, in the regular season, I totally get that penalty. That's what I'm right. saying. But this fair. is a like preseason where like you just cost the kid 17 minutes of his first preseason game. That's because fair. Had, like, give him the five minutes, let him sit in the box, and come back out and be part of the rest of the first period. Not you know hey you got to miss the first 10 minutes of the second period too while you're out right. that's fair you know like but that 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 i thought was extreme but he he got asked after the game because he fought a guy in the rookie game the first rookie game last year right before untime you know the untimely injury that took him right. out for half the year mm-hmm. he um he fought a guy who must have been huge or something he was like massive that. right so he got asked something about like was it a little bit better because this guy isn't is a, a better six, size whatever, matchup. More of a better size, and he just looks straight at everybody and went. Don't care. Didn't matter. Love it. I wouldn't you know? Would do the same thing over again. Bob That's, Clark
0: and Paul home are gonna love that guy.
1: <laughs> I look Wade Allison's a fun guy. He yeah, really is. he's he's actually the exact type of personality that the team kind of needs a little. I bit. I agree. He's got he's got the grit that a lot of people like, but he's got skill too.
0: And I think even if the team is bad, he's a he's a My high spirits he, guy.
1: My hope is he does make this team out of camp, by the sure. way. I really hope he does because he's got the he's got the capability to do it. He's got the I ability. like Wade Allison a lot. He's just got it if yeah. he can stay healthy through the camp and actually work through it, he'll probably turn enough heads to be able to make this team.
0: And you know what? We will have our decision on that by the time our next show goes up. Yes, because we're uh, we on our way out of here. But our next show we will be between the end of the preseason and the beginning of the regular season, which means that show will be our regular season preview show. Make sure to tune in for that. Um, subscribe on our YouTube channel, make sure to jump in for that.
1: So I will say, by the way, to put a bow on the last, yeah. last night and all that type of stuff. One thing one thing that was fun, well, it's not particularly fun for me, but it's it's this is why, you know this is why I can share more stuff on here and all that type of stuff. Um, I'll try to shift my head a little bit. My pass is behind me. Oh yeah, nice. Season, whatever. I was told, or a lot of us were told, for the first time in 928 days last we get night, in locker we room back locker room.
0: Two words. Two words. Scrum lurkers, baby.
1: Oh, that's how I told a buddy of mine about the fact that we got that email, and literally said, "Get ready for Scrum lurkers, Scrum lurkers, get baby. Scrum, get ready for Scrum lurkers. We're back." And it was uh. It was like it was very surreal because it was unique. We hadn't done that in a long time. Obviously, you know, last year wasn't bad. I I don't like last year wasn't bad with the press room stuff. The Zoom call stuff gets tired after a while.
0: Were you in there last night, or is it just for the regular season? No, last night. Nice. That's
1: why. That's why I said we were told it was the first time that the media was in the locker room in 928 days. Also, ironically, you know, the first time since a game against the Boston Bruins, the last game that we were in the locker room was in March of 2020 of 2020 okay um after a loss to the bruins snap remember the loss that snapped the nine game winning streak that yep. they were on they
0: and, were the so hottest team in the nhl yep
1: and it was a close game by the way i think they like boston scored late to eventually right. make it do nothing but like we're not going down that rabbit hole so, no So, but yeah it's i didn't like i don't know who kept count or decided to count how many days that was but that you can was, ask siri like, hey how so, many days has yeah, it I been know, since but that's but that's pretty surreal that it was like, hey, we're back to doing this again. It was yep. it was interesting. So and th- for what it's worth, like at training camp, they're not opening the room yet because of how many players are there. But they will be once once the, like, the roster gets once, filtered I think down. Once the first cuts are done, once they cut it by half, they'll probably do it. Right. And but yeah, like everything is well, it's very everything is very much back to normal.
0: Yep. And speaking of back to normal. We'll be back in two weeks, just like normal. So uh, until then, follow us everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, sportstalkphilly.com. follow the podcast at YWT Podcast, follow Kevin at Kevin underscore Durso, hit us up everywhere, leave a comment, leave a five star review on iTunes. It's been a while since I mentioned that one. <laughs> and um, you know what? Let's let's go for likes on this video. If you if you're if on you're YouTube? still here, if you're still here at the end of this show on YouTube. Hit the, hit the like button it helps us out like, and until
1: then smash the like br- button absolutely brother
0: Try ring the
1: bell for notifications
0: all right we'll be yeah. back in two weeks uh we'll have regular season hockey coming right up shortly thereafter and until then we'll see you